Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And we're chuckling because I have had a change of heart <laughs> um, with my decor. Not a bit that of my funny. Decor. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, halt. what a funny thing. <laughs> um, no, but it's funny because I have so today I swapped the rug in my living room for the rug in my guest room and I I had (laughs) hilarious I know right but okay the hilarious part is that I hated this rug when I bought it when I like unfurled it I was like you talked about it on the pod like we did you lost a full day to this rug and how much you hated it and didn't know how you could return it and what you were going to do instead we did, and like I was just, I, I was like, it looks cheap, well, and now it's a focal point in your living room, huh? Yeah, I just got this, um, this impulse that I wanted to switch things up with my decor, as many people like to do, and so I brought the rug in, um, and I'm, I'm actually fine with it, like it's not making me as ragey as it once was, and so I think the moral of the story here is, um give yourself some time (laughs) don't write pieces that you receive in the mail uh off right away that you're like oh this uh, I don't know about this one because you might end up loving it like nine months later yeah it sounds like your advice is uh don't be too quick to dismiss new new decor ideas and yeah live with it for a little while see if you like it and maybe something you hated will actually grow on you Exactly. Exactly. Live with it and it might grow on you. Um, I'm really happy (laughs) with this rug that I, I literally, I remember like, I wrote an email to the company. Oh, wow. (laughs) You carried that. (laughs) I did. And I was just, just basically just complaining about how I felt duped. I did not know that you went, that you took it that far. Oh, yeah, which is now, in hindsight, I feel kind of like a jerk about. Because Maybe you should apologize to the company on this podcast. <laughs> um, sure. Uh, McGee and company, I feel really bad. And I'm sorry um, for writing an angry lady email to <laughs> to you about a rug that I now am totally chill with. So um, good job, McGee although, and company. You wore her down. I'll- yeah, although I will stand by the fact that the photos are a little, they're, they're still pretty deceptive, but. Um, well, that was a good rug update. We were long overdue, so I'm glad that I got one. Um, okay, <laughs> another another little update, very much like in the opposite direction. This is a real to reason to chuckle, though. This is, this is actually funny. This came out um, a little bit ago. So HGTV, we talked about the show that they were, um, potentially working on with Lil John, the rapper. Uh, it's a renovation show, and we were super excited because they were talking about something that was loosely titled Tear Down for What? Um, <laughs> 10 out of 10 would watch. Yeah, would totally watch just Lil John going into people's homes and helping them renovate and doing like crazy demolition. It sounded like gold. Mm. Um, we're excited to hear that that show has been pushed through. So we will be getting a little John renovation show this summer. Um, but the title Rachel 
is kind of like a want want. Yeah, sad trombone <laughs> for Lil John wants to do what? That's the name of the television show. <laughs> Super big missed opportunity here to not name it Tear Down for What. I wonder why. I mean, maybe it was some sort of like I Tear Down for What was too close to the title of his song Turn Down for What, so there was like a licensing issue. Turn down for what? That's my only guess yeah. in this in this arena. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of sad to see this missed golden opportunity um, to name it. Yeah. <laughs> we cried for a day now. <laughs> but um, yeah, we so we don't have like an official date of the premiere yet, but it will be this summer. Um, and so that's like soon. Yeah, that's, it's end of May. Suffice it to say, we will be watching. If you choose not to. We will fill you in whether you like it or not, but we hope that you'll watch along with us. Um, For sure. We'll definitely check this one out, um, recap it, and give you our thoughts. Uh, Let's take a hard left turn. Into chickens? Yeah. Chickens in the home have become such a thing. Like backyard chicken coops, the celebrities do it. Megan and Harry showed off their backyard chicken coop. Yes. Their rescue chickens. It's only gotten hotter since the pandemic. And so, um, you know, of course, naturally, there are companies that are sprouting up uh, that allow you to rent a chicken. Um, You don't have to commit to, you know, buying a coop, buying the chickens, buying feed and and bedding every couple months. Like if you want to just try it out and see if you like it, rent a chicken. Yeah, I did not know that there were this many companies that had popped up in terms of renting chickens. But this is a a popular thing. It existed before the pandemic. And companies are saying that since the pandemic started, they've actually been sold out of chickens, chicken rentals. That's crazy. Uh, because everybody wants on board this chicken train to get fresh laid eggs, to have companions, pets as they may be, um, I guess they they provide other services I wasn't aware of. They're also very good pest controllers. They eat ticks <laughs> and other insects. The chickens provide other services. <laughs> they do composting. <laughs> for an extra fee, they'll do composting for you. They'll, but sweep, your, they'll they, sweep your porch. <laughs> I, could, I could get them to um, mop my floor. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I guess they they you know there's value in having chickens beyond just you know fresh laid eggs, uh, but five hundred dollars value I don't know um, and I'm jumping ahead that's how much we looked we looked into this how much it would cost you to rent a chicken coop for what did you say Natalie twelve weeks yeah so rent a coop is one of these companies that offers um, a twelve week program and they give you you have to provide that you have like ample backyard space um, to house the chicken, but they give you a coop. They give you a water source, a feed source. They give you the food. They give you the bedding. They give you two hens. um, And that's all yours for $500 for 12 weeks. So some might consider that a lot Reese Witherspoon would say oh my god that's nothing let's do it it's not how I would choose to spend my disposable income but 
well, this is not this is not your cup of tea. But I feel, I mean, right. So you could do this for a summer. Maybe be a fun thing for the kids to partake in. You know, a little like responsibility. Um, however, if your kids are touching the chickens and then touching their faces, that's that's not a good thing. Um, and we've actually seen a spike in uh, salmonella cases. So the New York Times did this piece on. Um, it says stop kissing and snuggling chickens. The CDC says after salmonella outbreak, more than 160 illnesses and dozens of hospitalizations have been reported across 43 states. Uh, these are not house pets, and lots of people confuse that. So. <laughs> It's kind of ironic that in the time of the great illness, the pandemic, people gravitated toward chickens and now chickens are making them sick. Yeah. I I can see how people like, especially if you have kids who are doing this, they want to like snuggle the chickens, hug the chickens, maybe even like bring the chickens inside. No. But um, this is definitely like. the children outside to the chicken. Let the children (laughs) pet the chicken. Make the children wash their hands. That's the order of operations that this should go in. You should not be bringing birds into the house. <laughs> they are birds, and birds carry diseases. I just have a problem with this. This is not like it's not rocket science, folks. Like I know, and yet here we are. I don't really get why it's become such a big trend. Well, it's just, it's the same thing as like cultivating a garden or, I get you that know, though more than I get chickens. Growing your house plants. It's, it's like, it's like taking care of something like cultivating and growing and feeding. It's like, it's like a little like hobby responsibility thing to do. And that pe- people were looking for that in the pandemic. We're but like, I, we need stuff to do. <laughs> I guess. But this was popular long before the pandemic. That's true. Yeah. And I think the Reese Witherspoons of the world are probably making it look a lot more glamorous than it really is. Probably. Yeah. It's like that whole like farm to table, urban farming, getting back to nature, you know, that whole thing. I have a sneaking suspicion that people do it for the Insta. Oh, perhaps. Yeah. I I think that's probably a large part about it. Like how, how many chicken owners do you know who don't post about it on social media? Right. No. Do you really even own a chicken if you don't (laughs) post about it on your Instagram? I mean, come on. But I don't know. I mean, I can see how it would be entertaining for somebody and especially maybe somebody with kids or whatnot. And with land too, like neither you nor I have a backyard like we don't have land so we're not even thinking about that right um but listeners if you are like y'all are crazy if i could have i do have chickens even like let us know email us podcast at realtor.com we want to hear what you think about chickens (laughs) i apologize if i just offended all our chicken owning listeners (laughs) they're gonna say cluck you rachel oh you did work it in (laughs) you said you would and you did successfully (laughs) and organically i'm so proud all right we have to talk about mila kunis and ashton kuchar's farmhouse estate we talk about a lot of 
farmhouse style homes and modern farmhouse style homes on house party um this house that was recently featured in architectural digest is this is how you do farmhouse people um it's one of a kind it's so beyond chip and joanna Gaines. no offense chip and joe but like i mean we no, yes offense because yes offense. modern farmhouse and the whole farmhouse decor thing we don't just talk about it a lot in this podcast we write about it a lot on realtor.com everybody talks about it because it is so overdone it ubiquitous. is ubiquitous yeah it's everywhere and it's so it's done so poorly so often mm-hmm. and it's so mm-hmm. cheesy and it's so rote and so this this piece in Architectural Digest was just really refreshing to see kind of like a, it's like a new but classic take on the, the idea of Modern Farmhouse. It's just, I agree. It's, it's if you're going to do it, this is how you should do it. And we'll link yep. to the story in the show notes. We will. This is um, a house in Los Angeles. It's, it's undisclosed, obviously, where it is in Los Angeles. Um but Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher own this property. Um, I didn't know that this was their style. I didn't know. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I also was a little bit surprised. I didn't know. I mean, I don't know. what. I guess I would say like their style would be mid-century modern because they were on a TV show called That 70s Show. Yeah. But like. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that with or without the show I, I just would think it would be a little bit more modern and contemporary mm-hmm. uh but, but this they are is, also very like chill like kind of low-key you know I mean this is not chill <laughs> let me just say there's like a giant chandelier um in the main photo or in in the uh the entertainment barn is what they call it <laughs> Yeah, and it is a legit barn. That's the thing here is they were working with a structure, I guess. I don't know if it started out. I think it did start out as a barn. It did, yeah. So they were working with a structure that was organically farmhouse and rustic. And I think in a lot of the places we've seen, it's not that way. They've tried to implement a style onto a modern home. You know what I mean? It's it feels so much more authentic because it actually started from a barn as opposed to a structure that was fabricated in 2020. Yeah. Or yeah. Right. Like these just black and white, whatever, like prefab mid-century or or modern farmhouse places. Like this was a barn. You can see the wood. It's been gorgeously preserved. Um, and this is, yeah, so the barn feature that we're talking about is just this entertainment barn area. They actually built the residence around the barn on the property. Um, and the residence, let's talk a little bit about it because it extends that, you know, exposed wooden look, um, throughout the home, in the kitchen, in some of the bedrooms, which, Rachel, you said kind of turned you off, um, there's yeah. one bedroom that has exposed wood in it. While I do think that this is how a modern farmhouse should be done, I think this is the quintessential example of mar- modern farmhouse, I also don't 
love every part of it. I think they mm-hmm. went too far in some places. The bedroom you're referring to looks frankly terrifying to me. It looks like where a, a, a woodsy murder would occur. Um, you know what it looks like? It kind of looks like um, a picture from the set of Things Heard and Seen. Oh, it does. It has The Netflix does. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Robert and Sherry would uh, be glad to find this place. Um, mm-hmm. It's... It is mostly beautifully done with a couple of exceptions, in my opinion, obviously, uh, my humble opinion. I don't find it very cozy, though. And Mm -hmm. I think the whole idea of farmhouses is supposed to be very livable and cozy and a place that you want to curl up by the fire and just hunker down for the weekend. And nothing about their place, beautiful as it is, is giving me that kind of vibe. I wouldn't, it seems perfect for entertaining, like, you know, to host a soiree, but I don't know that I would, Mm -hmm. I find it very livable. I think a lot of that has to do with the color palette. Um, The entire kitchen is very dark. The island, the, the, the wall paneling is made of essentially black, uh, you know black planks of wood I'm assuming it's some sort of like well painted or there's that like cool Japanese like burning technique that people do sometimes um but yeah the color palette is dark these photos are moody you know the furniture is very like like there's like a jewel tone sofa so um it's very moody I think that's a apt description and I do like it industrial barn barn yeah elegant elegant moody industrial barn yes but yeah I think and also like the texture of the wood like it's it's a lot of wood and that doesn't if the wood is like exposed and it feels not soft to the touch that can throw you off and be like wait do I want to like be around this wood that like if I rub against it it'll scratch me like I don't know so it just looks like sorry go ahead no, I was just going to say, like, texture is a big deal in design. Like, we talk about adding texture with rugs and throws and pillows and stuff. And wood, like, rough-hewn wood is not something that we necessarily talk about as, like, yeah. being a comforting texture. I agree. So. It's it's rustic on the other end of the spectrum. Um, that being said, I love it. Like, I, I love it. I mean, I think it's beautiful, but would you – I agree with that, but would you live here? Yeah, I in a heartbeat. Yes, I would. You would snuggle up on one of those couches and watch your Vanderpump Rules. Yes, I would. I would. Okay. I would like this. I, mean, I wouldn't is- turn it down, but I'm just saying it. It just doesn't seem very livable to me. And I, I question actually what how how often they're there. No, I yeah, I would take this. I th- I just think it has so much personality. It's so refreshingly different and it was done by the great uh architect howard backen um of backer backen and gillam architects so you know he's he's known for doing um wineries like he i I know he's been the architect for a lot of different wineries in napa valley um so and so you can see that inspiration in here yeah that explains a lot why it looks more like a wedding reception hall than a home to me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Winery, like a winery tasting room for for some parts of it. So, um, but I, I think that they they 
did that on purpose. Like that's the vibe that they wanted. They wanted to bring Napa casual, but also like luxury to Los Angeles. I mean, again, gorgeous. Just, I I have a hard time imagining anybody actually living in this space. Mm Hmm. Well, Ashton, Mila do, and they have kids too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's one room that has bunk beds, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sorry, they're not sharing a room, but (laughs) for their, their two children, Wyatt and Dimitri, no, Wyatt Mm -hmm. and Dimitri are not bunking. (laughs) Wyatt and Dimitri that they have like that bunk room for just like for fun, but then they also have their own rooms. Yeah. I think I think that's totally a staged space. Yeah. Okay, well, let us know what you think about the photos. Like Rachel said, we'll link to them in the show notes. Um, Modern Farmhouse. We can take inspiration from this too, and I hope people do. Now it's time for Making Moves. This is the segment of our show where we update you on some of the homes that we've talked about before. Um Let's get started with one that we just talked about last time, Jesse Tyler Ferguson's house in Los Feliz. This beautiful place that was also featured in Arc Digest uh, was up for sale. Natalie and I were swooning over it, and we predicted that it would be picked up by another A-lister because it had previously been owned by Gwen Stefani and Robert Pattinson. So we figured it would stay in the celeb family who did you say, Natalie? You you took a guess. I said I said Margot Robbie, which is actually pretty close. Really close, considering who the buyer was. Margot yeah. Robbie's once co-star, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I, I mean, we did say that it's going to be some sort of A-list celeb, and he is perhaps like the, the A-list celeb. The A-list celeb. So... Uh, we were definitely, uh, we can pat ourselves on the back for that. We know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> Just in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so that's that's crazy thing number one about this sale. Crazy thing number two is that Leo paid $2 million over asking. It's pocket change for him. But yes, I mean, obviously he really wanted this place to pay $2 million over asking for it. Yeah, I know. He paid $9 million, $9.1 million, I think, was the final sale price. Um, and it just goes to show, like, I think this was a well-priced house. It It's in a cool location. It's designed to the nines. Um, it, it has so much personality in terms of the architecture. And so, yeah, yeah there was no way was it was just am- going to go to a generic millionaire billionaire yeah or that it was gonna just languish on the market like it's it's it it jesse made a great decision to buy this place when he did and to to renovate it and um it's just incredible that that leonardo dicaprio is now the owner yeah fun fun real estate changing hands here yeah really fun so fun (laughs) (laughs) um our other move that we need to update you on um, is Zach Efron's house. This is his what we called bachelor pad, um, also in the hills of Los Feliz. Uh, it's now contingent. So Zach has been trying to sell this place for a while. He's dropped the price. 
Um, as we said, he has moved his eyes toward uh, Australia. He, I think, bought some land recently, actually, um, in Australia. And so he's kind of putting down roots there, selling this place. Um, but yeah, that price drop attracted a buyer, it seems. We discussed this house before and the fact that it's very Zac Efron, it's very bachelor pad, Asian inspired, has beautiful views of Los Angeles. It's on the hillside. So um, much that I actually, I, I briefly thought that it was a condo and he was in a high rise. Like that's how great the views are. <laughs> it does have like condo vibes. It definitely, it just, yeah, I can see that for sure. You're not off Aww, base. Thank you. Um, but it you know what it has been on the market for 157 days so it's like he's been hoping that someone someone wants it um and it's currently listed for 5.575 million um and it's contingent so we will see how much this place goes for i i i don't think that a celebrity is gonna buy this house i think it'll just be a wealthy it's beautiful i really thought that this would get snatched up earlier and i didn't think that he'd have to drop his price i mean Mm. i would love it i think the interiors are a little out of date Mm. yeah i can see i can see really yes i can i I mean (laughs) really that's what you think that's what i think okay but also some people don't want to live on a hillside you know some people want an actual backyard um anyway so we will we will keep an eye on this one to find out the final sale price but um i'm sure zach efron is very pleased that his house is contingent now he can run off to australia and be with do whatever he was doing there film his tv show and be with his hot girlfriend and surf no they broke up oh really yeah, we talked about this last time. Oh, I think I... Because I thought that's why he was moving to Australia, was to be with her. Oh. But, and maybe that was part of the decision. And I think he'll be just fine yeah. <laughs> in Australia without her, with his TV show. But um, I'm, I'm sure that threw a bunch in uh, a spanner in the works. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, let's move right along to... Winners and losers. This is where we discuss the celebrity real estate winners and losers of the week. Uh, we choose one loser and one winner. And we're going to start with our loser so we can end with smiles on our faces when we talk about the winner. Um, <laughs> our loser this week is Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> For dropping the price of his Beverly Hills estate by 22%. Which... I like how we went from Steven Seagal to Sylvester Stallone. I know. This is a theme. Making our way through the action here. With our losers. Um, But yeah, so 22% off of the um, original asking price of this place. The original asking price was $110 million. Which is insane. Like, repeat that again. $110 million, which is $10 million more than Pierce Brosnan's $100 million beachfront place in Malibu. Yes. And so it is now, Sylvester Stallone is now offering this place at $85 million. A cool, cheap, doable $85 million. Um... <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's nothing. Rachel, if you had said to me, Sylvester Stallone is selling his house 
and I hadn't seen photos. I would think that we would have another like Bon Jovi situation where it's just neoclassical, heavy curtains, grandeur, like very confusing decor. Um, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't expect Sylvester Stallone to have like really tasteful Good taste. Yeah, decor. Yeah. Both Natalie and I were on the same page that Sylvester Stallone's house would be kind of weird. Just to put it bluntly, um, we figured it, there'd be some tackiness. It would be gaudy. Uh, and perhaps that, that would be the reason why he had to drop the price by 22%. Untrue. Very untrue. Very His untrue. house is not at all what I would imagine Sylvester Stallone's house to look like. We're going to link to the photos so you guys can see. Um, you know, there's some column action going on. There's some. There's some window treatments that are a little heavy but overall i'm not looking at this and being like like this is this is moving ready this is beverly hills like luxury you know it's it's it may have been updated but it is it is gorgeous and yeah you know if you're willing to pay a hundred million dollars for pierce brosnan's place on the beach then i can see the same person or I guess a different person that isn't a beach person wanting to spend $85 million for this place. Right. It's got sweeping views of the valley below, a beautiful infinity pool, lots of space on the grounds. It's what, three and a half acres. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just pick your poison. Are you a beach person or are you a Vista person? And this, this place definitely has the vistas. And there's, Perhaps the coolest thing is a Rocky statue <laughs> out by the pool. You have to keep that. I mean, some people might see that as tacky, but it's like you're buying Sylvester Stallone's like custom built massive estate. I think it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, you can't you can't not keep the Rocky statue. I assume it does come with the home. I don't think he's taking it with him, right? Probably not. I'm sure it's pretty heavy. So <laughs> <laughs> But he can lift it if anyone. Yeah. He, if he really wants it, I'm sure he could take it. But um, it's a tasteful nod to Sylvester Stallone and the Rocky franchise. I think, I think all of it is very tasteful. It's 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 really beautiful. So, I mean, if you've got 85 mil, <laughs> maybe this is the place for you. Hit them up. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say that the uh, estimated monthly payment for this place is $404,272 a month. Oh, that's all? Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our winner. Rachel, who's our winner this week? Our winner this week is another A-lister. Gosh, this podcast is full of them. Tom Cruise. He is our winner for selling his 320-acre Telluride, Colorado ranch at asking price, which was $39.5 million. And this place was only on the market for 42 days since March. Yeah, just less than, less than two months. Which is insane when you consider the fact that Telluride is a small market. This place was $40 million, and the pool of buyers willing to and able to, or Willing to and able to pay $40 million for this place is going to be very, very small. Yeah. And the fact that if you look at these listing photos, which we will link to, 
you are buying a this is a ski cabin like this is this is it's wood everywhere stone everywhere this is a vacation home this is very much I mean obviously someone could live here there's running water and gas and everything but it just looks like a vacation be your full-time home it doesn't yeah yeah, I, I don't think many many big rich celebrities live in Telluride full time it's just baffling that this place was scooped up so fast that's why he's our yeah. winner that's the type of thing that probably typically we would expect to languish on the market for upwards of a year probably right yeah I mean and it, it did languish for a little bit because he was shopping it around in 2014 um mm. at the price point of 59 million so it was never I don't think it was ever like formally on the market until seven years later when it came on the market uh for 39.5 and um that was enough that was enough to attract a buyer this place was featured in um, a Vanity Fair spread, too, um, with Tom and Katie uh, when they, I believe, had just had their daughter, Suri. Um, it was shot by Annie Leibowitz. There's a gorgeous photo that accompanied the spread. It's like an iconic photo, and it was shot at this property. So, you know, a little bit of magazine history there. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please give us a five-star rating and write us a review on your podcast app of choice. That helps people find our show. Um, We also enjoy hearing what you have to say. And if you want to check out the photos, because real estate is a very visual thing, um, you can go to your show notes. We will have the links. Uh, Apple Podcast just did a thing where... (laughs) (laughs) and we're not very pleased um with the new redesign or the the ios update on apple podcast they they cut out all of our links so um apple we would like those backs please but if you use other podcast apps they're available there or you can google the story topic and realtor.com and it should come up yep exactly there there are ways to find these photos um and we will we will make those available to you we also um put we like to put photos on instagram yes we're all over instagram we would love to hear from you on instagram facebook or twitter you can find us at house party pod on all three that's our handle and as natalie mentioned that is where we post photos uh discussion topics just generally like to chat with our community of listeners and hear what you're thinking, hear what you're liking. And you can also give us your feedback over email. If you want to email us, we're podcast at realtor.com. That's singular, podcast at realtor.com. Yep. Thank you so much for hitting play, and we will catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.